It'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon for this Monday, April 24, 2023. Brought, shows brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punik, Nick and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this Monday here on the Sports Mix. As uh, we start a new week, we'll have... Uh, a few things going on this week, one of them being the pulling for the Rams telethon, which is going to, going to be on Wednesday night, 6 to 9 from the Mountaineer Pub. We'll have Travis Bajan on once again at 1230 to discuss. And I guess we'll get in talk talk a little bit about the uh, ESPN SE featured that aired yesterday morning uh, during the 8 a.m. hour on Sports Center. as uh, It's about half about Travis and half about Tyson. Yeah, and I'm sure Travis will have... Uh something for us to talk about other than just the the ram thing or maybe he'll have another challenge for us like he did yeah on friday but uh definitely looking forward to you know this week uh nfl draft finally gonna be here and uh you know wednesday is a great opportunity like we said before for ram fans to get out there and uh support the program so big week of high school baseball and softball as well so a lot going on this week yeah, we'll start uh, talking about some high school baseball Friday night. Martinsburg beat Spring Mills ten to one. The Bulldogs now five and three in the EPAC. The Cardinals fell to four and fourteen in the conf- or overall and two and five in the conference. Martinsburg then beat Grace Academy out of Maryland thirteen to one on Saturday. Bulldogs now sit at fourteen and eight. Hedgesville beat Musselman eleven to five as the Eagles put up five in the final frame with no answer from the Appleman. They improved to fifteen and five, six and three in the EPAC. While the Appleman fell to eighteen and six and five and two in the conference, those were the two conference games last night. A regional game or Friday night regional game on Friday. Washington beat Hampshire thirteen to three. Colin Reed returned to the mound for the first time in nearly a month after he suffered that injury against Martinsburg. The Patriots are now nine and thirteen. Uh, we'll kind of pick apart those three team or four those four teams in the EPAC and those three conference or regional games from Friday night. Martinsburg beats Spring Mills ten to one. Could have run ruled it a couple of times, but it you know pretty good night from Mike Lupus on the mound and uh, Martinsburg's offense came through. Yeah, I mean that was a good win for Martinsburg on Friday um, to get that win. I think it was important for them. Um, obviously, you know, Spring Mills has struggled, so it's not necessarily like the – it's a quality win in terms of it being an EPAC team, but it's not one of the top-tier yeah. EPAC teams. And Spring Mills has had kind of a down year. But uh, I think a few things stood out. One, Martinsburg had, you know, arguably its best performance of the season against a higher-quality team, you know, being a AAA school, a team in your conference. So somebody that should be able to compete with you and – for the most part, Spring Mills at times showed a few flashes, uh, but Lupus got out of every situation and uh, really pitched well on the mound. And um, for Martinsburg, I think they had you know really good offense. Mike Lupus continues to be good and against Z-Pack teams on Fridays, so uh, you know they're in a good situation. I think right now where um, it's pretty clear that you know this section is wide open. Um, section one 
Yeah. Um, with the win that we'll talk to talk more about later, but obviously, uh, Hedgesville beats Musselman, so you know everybody's beating everybody pretty much. Uh, Martinsburg still needs to beat Musselman to make that true, I believe. Uh, and you know, Spring Mills would need to beat Hedgesville, but you know, in terms of the top three teams, they're all pretty equal. Even though it seems like there's a little bit more depth and a little bit more talent on the Hedgesville and Musselman side of things. Um, any given night, you could see you know a team like Martinsburg pull off an upset and make a run. So you got to be intrigued by it, and I think that proved even more so on Friday with the way Martinsburg dominated against Spring Mills and the fact that we saw Hedgesville uh, beat Musselman definitely uh, adds a little bit more intrigue to it and what was already an exciting and intriguing section one. It just kind of confirms what we already had thought, yeah. that it's pretty wide open over there. Yeah, and to make it even more intriguing, not just in Section 1, but in the entire region, there's been a resurgence of the Jefferson Cougars to seemingly be the team to beat yet again in the area, as they typically are. They struggled at the start of the year, but since then they've gotten hot as of late and look like, on paper at least, the best team again in the Eastern Panhandle, and I know... Power rankings have them as that team, uh, third in the state. Now it would have been nice to see them uh, play against Spring Valley this past weekend because Spring Valley's right ahead of them in that. So if they were able to get a win over Spring Valley, you'd expect them to be above them in those power rankings. But to still get a sweep against Greenbrier East, a team in the state, and to be doing very well in this part of the season in a tough week ahead, the way the Cougars are playing, it seems like right now you got to put them at the top, and especially with Musselman, who we had at the top, losing to Hedgesville, because I agree these teams in Section 1 continue to beat up on each other, and any given night you could see an upset or the team that's supposed to win win, but you never know. It's a coin flip each game. Yeah, I think it's big. Um, you know, Looking at Jefferson – I don't have the stats to back it up, but I was talking to Rob before the show. I think this is probably one of the first years in a while you're going to see a Jefferson team that's going to finish probably in the EPAC 7-3 and three with three early conference losses, uh, which is, I think, weird for a Jefferson team. And they still might end up being the best team <laughs> yeah. in the region. I think the interesting thing about Jefferson this year is they're not really a team built on any star power necessarily they're a team of just a bunch of really solid players uh but not guys that you necessarily would talk about for like epac player of the year there's no griffin horowitz or sammy roberts but there's a lot of you know guys that just do their job and and do it well and i think that's something that this team has changed from the beginning of the year where maybe they were making some of those little mistakes um weren't hitting the ball very well or consistently and now that seems to be you know not the team that they are anymore they're a team that's playing good on the defensive side like they usually do pitching well and then getting those hits and getting those runs across and continuing to put pressure on the defense to remind you of Jefferson teams in the past but you know I mean this team lost a ton a ton from last year and um really didn't have much coming back. I mean, besides like Ryan Hefner, uh, J.J. Pavanelli, who was just kind of a, a role player, a, a utility guy for them last year, and now he's one of the best players on their team, one of the best players in the EPAC. So the fact that this program has continued to uh, be so dominant, and I mean, it, it's not really much of a dro- not much of a drop-off, even though you don't necessarily recognize all the names that are out there. Uh, they've kind of started to establish themselves as – 
big time players in this conference and uh you know jefferson i i could see them still winning the region which is kind of crazy because if you would ask us at the beginning of the season i don't think any of us had jefferson necessarily no. winning it i mean i thought you still had to put them toward the top because of the program that they do have but it just looked like on paper that a team like musselman or, or hedgesville or even martinsburg if they found some pieces to step up would probably win it but now it looks like jefferson could be that team but i mean there's still a lot of baseball left to be played and it's definitely going to be the toughest road for the Cougars in quite some time, I would say, to come out of the region again. I mean, it hasn't been that long since, you know, Martinsburg won the region, what, five years ago, I believe it was. So, yeah. Uh, but one key thing about this is right now, so Cougars right now sit at 16 and 4, 20 games that they've played. By the time Saturday evening comes around, they will have played 28 games on the season. So they will have added eight games. In six days. That's a lot. It is. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So tonight they're at Frankfurt. Tomorrow they're at Musselman. Wednesday they host Washington. Thursday they host Moorfield. And then they're at a tournament, the Hot Stove. Not exactly sure where that is. On Friday and I guess Saturday, uh, Pendleton County, South Garrett. And then Saturday they are taking on Bridgeport and George Washington. So two big teams I would say in the state, I mean, you look at George Washington, they're eight ranked right now. And then, uh, you know, uh, I believe Bridgeport's in another in AAA. Bridgeport is sitting at seventh. So the seventh and eighth teams are going to be huge for them at the end of the week. And then your conference games, specifically your section game on Wednesday against Washington, you don't want to split that season series. They won that uh, first game earlier in the year. But, you know, that it's going to be a huge week for them as you know, you have two conference games and then two in-state big AAA games this week. And, you know, Colin said it. Unfortunately, they weren't able to play Spring Valley, which they were slated to play Saturday around, uh, I think, noon or 3 p.m. Uh, I'm assuming it's because of the weather out there in Greenbrier, and they just decided not to come. So Greenbrier East and Jefferson were like, well, we we're both slated to play another game today. How about we just play each other? So... They played a three-game set. Jefferson outscored them 38-6 to in those three games. Uh, Greenbrier East team that's, you know, down Greenbrier East team this year uh, that's uh, pretty much been beaten up by the whole EPAC this year. Yeah, that's why you would have loved to see Jefferson get to play Spring Valley, a team that is one of the top programs in the state to truly get a test, but still getting a win and getting the opportunity to play and now having, as you said, a eight-game week because – there's only two weeks left in the season, guys. It's coming down to an end, and they're at 20 games now. We all know that they love playing that maximum amount, which is 32. So they got to get eight this week for next week to get to that 32. And you only have a few days to do so next week, right? You well, and- we'll probably play Monday through Friday. And no. that season Friday, you don't really want to be playing on the weekend unless I'm wrong, because sectionals then start Monday or Tuesday the following week. Yeah. I can't remember which day. So they have Sunday off. Then they play Monday, Martinsburg, mm-hmm. host Martinsburg. Then Tuesday, they host Spring Mills. Wednesday, they're at Highland in Warrenton, I believe. And then Thursday, they're at Smithsburg in Maryland. And so that's, then you get rest for have, sectionals. But they have one day off but around, what, 12 games? Yeah. no, One day it, off around 12 it's a games. Lot. Yeah, that that's, is that, wild. That is wild. And a backloaded schedule is something that we do see a lot around here and sometimes do scratch our heads at and wonder why that's the case but 
it's baseball, right? I mean, they play daily. Yes, well, I think eight, it makes sense. And six is a lot. But you want your team at this point to get on a groove, give them a little bit of rest for the postseason, fix some things in practice, and go. Well, I think maybe the backloaded schedule since one, uh, you expect the weather to be pretty bad at the beginning of the year. So you might have to just backload your schedule if you yeah. do have games canceled. But also, uh, you know, you're going to warm up your arms quite a bit. You want to have good rest at the beginning of the year. And then by this point, you know, guys are in full mid-season form so uh, they can maybe handle pitching with less days off and, and whatever the case may be so I think it makes sense to operate that way um, but for Jefferson I mean even Frankfurt being a smaller school you know they only beat them three to two to start the year so you can see maybe where you've improved and Frankfurt's a pretty good team we saw them down at Myrtle Beach uh, they looked like they had some success and had some talent on that roster so you know, it's good to see that you're getting challenges even from the uh, smaller schools that you're taking on if you're Jefferson. Yeah, that is a good point, Nick. Our schedule for the week, let me pull this back up here. We'll have Martinsburg hosting Hampshire tomorrow at 6.40 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch for baseball. And then we'll have the pulling for the Rams telethon Wednesday, 6 to 9 p.m. live from the Mountaineer Pub. Then Thursday, softball, Hedgesville at Musselman, 6.40 with the pregame, 7 p.m. with the first pitch. And then Friday, baseball, EPAC game, Musselman hosting, or Martinsburg hosting Musselman, 6.47 p.m. for the first pitch. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, a uh, former Martinsburg Bulldog football player in the transfer portal, plus ESPN's Matt Miller. No, not the Matt Miller that you know uh, from this station. Uh, he, Matt Miller of ESPN's seven-round mock draft, saw two Shepherd players being picked uh, but not the one you'd think. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. It's in about six minutes, or you know, the next segment, we'll be joined by Travis, the Beast Bajan, to uh, continue to hype up um, the pooling for the Rams fundraiser. Yeah. I think you turned my headset up, so if you can turn it back Maybe down. I heard your headset being turned up, because mine wasn't turned up. I know during the break I asked, but Are we better I thought over I heard it through mine. And maybe I mean, we're not having yours. any feedback, so All right. Colin can uh, just tough it out. For will, we'll talk yeah. to him about that. Just for then. style now. Look good on me? Always. Thank you. Did uh, did see something on Twitter yesterday from a former Martinsburg Bulldog football player. Uh, that being, let me pull it back up here, Braxton Todd. He posts a graphic. First off, I want to thank Coach Loeffler and Bowling Green for making my Division One aspirations come to life. I want to thank the entire staff for the hospitality I've received during my time here. To my teammates, I feel I've created relationships and bonds that will last a lifetime, and I'm forever appreciative for meeting you guys. Without going into detail, I've decided that it is, best, it is in my best interest to enter the transfer portal with four years of eligibility remaining. With that being said, my recruitment is 100% open Braxton Tot, so he is going to leave Bowling Green in the MAC in Division One and uh, have you know have a lot of options most likely. And uh, specifically, I think there'd be one option here locally in Shepherd because you know they don't have a lot of running backs. They had to move Malachi Brown to running back, and you have some freshmen coming in that you figure you're probably going to redshirt. I think it'd be a good chance to get him in here. I mean, this is just speculation on our part, but. Uh, Braxton Todd entering the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Braxton's uh, initial recruiting exactly looked like. Um, obviously, Shepard probably threw him an offer, but uh, you know, going from D one to D two, and I think that makes a lot of sense considering he's at you know Bowling Green, not necessarily a powerhouse program. So he's probably not going to transfer up. It's not like he uh, you know was the starting running back at Bowling Green and ran for. 2,000 yards or something crazy and was ready to go to a higher level of play. So I think in order for him to get on the field, and maybe that's the reasoning for his transfer, I don't know the exact reasoning there, uh, but if he wants to get more playing time and get an opportunity to start, uh, Shepard would be a good place. Um, now, he would still have, you know, obviously have to compete for that starting job, but um, he could certainly get some carries in there, I think, and be a part of this offense next year. Uh, because both the backs they have returning are pretty similar, even though we haven't seen Malachi Brown at running back. Just based off of his build, you know, him and Russell are more uh, stat backs, kind of like, or scat backs, I should say, more like Ronnie Brown-style runners. So you could use a good in-between-the-tackles type guy, and Braxton Todd could certainly be that guy um, for the Rams if he decides to come in, so... You know, I think that would be a good fit. And anytime you're returning home, you know, Martinsburg players have had a ton of success at Shepard, not only Tyson, but 
Adam Stilly, Dwayne Grantham. Um, Ty Lucas. Yeah, Ty Lucas. Uh, Benarski on the D-line, just to name a few guys that have come through recently and had success for the Rams. So a lot of that would make sense, and if, if that ends up being his final landing spot, I think it's a good fit for both sides. Yeah, definitely, and uh, we'll keep you up to, to date with all we hear on that avenue. Uh, let's move on to mock draft as I'm teased going to break. ESPN's draft analyst Matt Miller. No, not Matt Miller, the former sports director here at Talk Radio WRNR. That would Matt, be crazy, though, if it was. <laughs> Matt Miller, the ESPN draft analyst, put out a full seven-round mock draft yesterday morning. I actually saw it while I was watching SportsCenter waiting for the Tyson feature to happen. Uh, so I looked it up on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it has... Joey Fisher going 194 to the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs at 249 selecting Ronnie Brown, but they're sleeping on Tyson Bajan. Yeah. Well, at least that one is, right? I mean, we've heard Tyson's name everywhere with multiple different draft uh, prospects, different guys that always put out their opinion on social media, Mel Kuyper. You name it. We've Tom heard it everywhere in the future else. I mean, he thinks he'll be picked. It's on yeah. ESPN as well. His name's there, so I'm not really looking at, ah, oh, they're sleeping on Tyson. I'm more looking at there's finally somebody that's not sleeping on Ronnie. The more we hear, especially from ESPN guys like Matt Miller, more names from Shepard, the better. Because we, we've said it. All this week. I mean, they haven't had a draft. guy drafted since, what, 79? Is that what it they is? They haven't had anybody drafted since 79. We know there's five guys that announced for this year's draft, and we always mention the five, Solomon Alexander, Ronnie Brown, Brian Walker, Joey Fisher, Tyson Bajant. But realistically, all we've heard from, I guess, the national media is Tyson and Joey. So the fact that we're finally in the national media hearing another guy's name in Ronnie Brown in my opinion, is great. I'm not too frustrated that, oh, man, Tyson's not in there because I think all of us can agree we believe he's getting drafted this weekend. Doesn't matter what day. We all think his name's going to be announced just like Joey. And honestly, in my opinion, I think Joey will probably go before Tyson because because he's a lineman, more availability, more depth. He's really impressed in the pro day, yada, yada, yada. But the fact that Ronnie's finally in the national media – and hopefully we get Brian Walker out there, Solomon Alexander, too, is a good thing. Yeah, it definitely is a good thing. I think thing. running back is uh, definitely going to be interesting because you do see a lot more running backs picked than quarterbacks or even sometimes offensive linemen, or that number is pretty close. I mean, last year we had 24 running backs drafted, 20 the year before, 25 a few years. The lowest number I've seen here is 16. So, I mean, you know, there's a chance that Ronnie could definitely be picked, and uh, I think one thing that helps him, like we said before, is he can probably be a special teams guy for you and, and make a team. Now, uh, in terms of that pick that they have him going as, I don't think the Chiefs make any sense really because they drafted a running back in the seventh round last year in Isaiah Pacheco, who's pretty much their guy, and then they have Edward Solaire. So I don't know if that would really make sense necessarily for him to go to Kansas City, but um for him to get drafted i think there's a small chance i'd say he's more of a priority free agent type guy but i think joey fisher has helped ronnie quite a bit because they have the same agent so a lot of the visits they're going together which means more exposure for ronnie and a a great opportunity for him so um you know he's a great player i think he has a good opportunity to make an impact in the league in some capacity 
Um, and it's interesting too, you know, traditionally you see more successful running backs drafted later in the draft than early. Uh, the day yeah. three running backs are usually where you see the successful players at that position. Uh, you know, round one guys, um, they usually don't work out and there's only usually like one or two a year, but I think Robinson probably is that one guy this year, but, um, you know, it's hard to mock him because you don't know which team's really going to use a first round pick on a running back. But then as the draft goes on, you know, teams are willing to take that position. And I think if given an opportunity, Ronnie Brown can do something in the NFL because he's such a difference maker and you look at his speed and everything lines up for uh, NFL production. So I think it's like a third string running back kick return guy that could definitely be a role for Ronnie in the league, but he's obviously going to have to have a good training camp in uh, preseason. Yeah, and, uh, you know, looking at this mock draft, so right after the Lions pick of 194, 195 is the Broncos from Pittsburgh, Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia, projected to get picked 195, according to Matt Miller, by the Broncos. I mean, when you're doing a seven-round mock draft, like we've said before, you know, you're just kind of throwing names out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about it much because we have been covering a lot of the Shepard football players as there's as we already said five but you still got to remember that there's two mountaineers in this year's draft and stills as well as bryce ford wheaton that i believe stills in this mock draft projected to go to the commanders if I, I remember looking at correctly I, uh looked and saw that correctly as well like you're thinking but it, i hope the opportunity goes for all of those players those guys also have a pretty long shot this year in my mind too of being drafted from WVU just because of the down season overall that they had, but there's still two guys that have proved themselves to be, I think, a solid fit for whatever team decides to take a chance on them. Uh, we know, um, I can't remember the stats that have, uh, or the title of the stats where they are rating all the overall players out of a score of 1 through 10, and I believe Bryce Ford Wheaton with his combine days, pro day, and everything uh, was one of the best wide receivers in it, and he could be a diamond in the rough, as some people were saying. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the athleticism, Bryce Ford Whedon, you know, jumps off the charts, but you look at the production, he's mm-hmm. kind of the Anthony Richardson of the wide receiver position, but Richardson obviously has first-round value, and uh, Ford Whedon doesn't because there's other receivers that have similar athleticism that also had a lot more production in college and maybe route running or whatever the main uh things that they look at in Ford Whedon's game that has struggled but um I think he's more of a priority free agent that potentially has you know some great plays in in the uh preseason and works his way onto a roster Uh, I think Stills probably gets picked you know fifth sixth seventh round maybe for him um, but I don't think Ford Whedon will unless somebody's just taking a flyer in the seventh. Yeah. Which and could happen. According to this mock draft, 233 to the commanders, Dante Stills. That's the seventh round there. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the picks that are in the latest mock draft. That was yesterday after the, t- the Tyson feature. Uh, but uh, with that, we'll step aside for a two-minute break. Segment sponsored in part by Arsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store anymore. You can get your Traeger grills at Orsini's at 360 Aquas Way or online at Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back after this two-minute break. Have you been smoking? Uh. I can smell it. Hickory. 
I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh. I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. April is National Donate Life Month. WVU Medicine is joining the effort to raise awareness for organ donation. Did you know that more than 100,000 people are waiting for life-saving organ transplants? One donor can save up to nine people through organ donation, provide sight for two people through cornea donation, and restore health for more than 150 people through tissue donation. Join WVU Medicine and help spread awareness about the gift of donation. And if you haven't registered, visit registerme.org. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti when you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment. Or, uh, the, uh, bleh, I can't speak today. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're now joined by the one, the only, Travis the Beast Bajant, who was all over everything yesterday on SportsCenter with Tyson on the SE featured uh, that was narrated by Robert Griffin as that finally came to life as everybody was awaiting for when that was coming out. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I feel like I need to... Give my time sheet to one Mike Hornsby here as many times as I've been in here the last few days. You're the one that asked for it. Yeah, you did ask. Hey, listen, everybody asked for a job, okay? <laughs> How'd you guys get here? That's true. That's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All so, right, well, uh, tell me what you thought. I, mean, I mean, thought it was talk one of about the best it? SC. We have not yet. We we're holding it to talk about it with you. I thought it was one of the best SC features that I've ever actually watched because, I don't know, maybe because I know part of the story, but it was very well put together. I feel like the only thing that it lacked was maybe it went that the day with Robert was like 15 seconds and that was it. Yeah, no Because doubt. they talked about the senior bowl because that was a big part of it. So. Yeah, the seven minutes is a tough gig, man. Yeah. I bet you they could have, I mean, they've got a 45 minute docu start, if you ask me, with the, um, the amount of footage they actually they got. got 30 but, for 30 on it. Yeah, no doubt. It was, um, I, I thought it was, you know, very well put together. You could tell that ESPN has a tremendous budget and they brought all those guys there for that small amount of content. But um, it was huge. I mean, I've every, I mean, I must have 5,000 texts and emails and phone calls. So it was, um, it's so surprising to me that, 
people think that they're going to break that news to me. And that's what I feel like <laughs> happened. Hey, you're on ESPN today. And not only that, but the third time it was on. Yeah. Travis, hurry up. Get on there. You ain't going to believe it. And I'm like, yeah, I got a pretty good idea of what exactly is happening. But it just shows that um, that ESPN's a powerful beast. Because I feel like the NFL Network is for a certain group of us weirdos. But ESPN, everybody could be that. Yeah. That could be on at your house. And, yeah. you know, whether you're a soccer mom or a kid or a, a grandparent, um, you could have ran across that feature yesterday. So it was a big day for the Bajans. So did RG3 tell you anything? Did he interviewed you, right? Was that or was it not? Him? I interviewed. Yeah, he interviewed me. Yes, so when you told piece. him that that Tyson was going number one, did he say anything back to you that wasn't in there? He didn't. He no. didn't. He didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. We there was a lot of banner back and forth, but <laughs> I think everyone who hears me say that because I'm a parent, they don't they don't feel yeah. the need. Like really, there's no platform for you. Because first of all, I'm ready to debate. Because I really feel like as much as RG3 is an amazing uh, player, even commentator, personality, he does not know right now. If his life depended on it, he could not tell you in order the first 10 picks. He can think he's going to, but he's not going to be right. Who can? Right? Nobody. I don't think That's anybody. what I mean. So, I don't even think Todd McShay can. Or right. Mokai. So you give a crazy guy like me who's a debater a smallest of windows to know that, my man, you don't know either. So I'm okay with not knowing. And uh, and this is it's it's funner to live in this world where um, I'm just amazingly over positive. All right. Well, Colin had a question. He wanted to know if he could bring a camera and stay at the Bajan House that Thursday, Friday, the Saturday. They want me to do this. Um, yeah. I told and then Nick go on the plane wherever he goes. He's the shepherd guy. They want us to basically just follow you guys. All yeah, this week. it's yeah. I, I, Dane the wife. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. Except I <laughs> do it. think that Tyson is probably going to want a little privacy there. I figure. If in fact that he plummets to the to the priority free agent market, I don't think that uh, he would probably like to um, yeah. to look over and see any of the three of you guys in the house. Fair enough. <laughs> we were just joking. I thought about the feature was good. I uh, could use more me, but I mean. <laughs> You had the five seconds of fame. No, that was pretty cool. I did not expect that to be there. We saw you in the background a few times on the sideline. I mean, it is though funny because they did film for like at least a half hour to an hour when we were there, uh, just watching Shepard or just at Shepard when he was throwing, and just to see that they use all that just for seven minutes. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, you guys actually. Yeah, you guys caught probably three minutes of the show and you only were there for a half hour mm-hmm. right that's pretty awesome because there were a lot like you have to know that they shot for i bet you 35 hours oh yeah it, it yeah. was more than a day i mean you had the interview with you the interview with tyson your yeah. wife the Coach pro day McCook, the yeah pro there was five day, different days of shooting out yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy and you kind of put that into perspective when you think of movies but maybe not even on a scale of just se features right you'd think it might be a half an hour thing that rg3 was doing for you guys and it was going to be like maybe just an espn plus thing only where it was a half an hour on each quarterback but no it's an sc feature that went from five days down to a seven and a half minute show and it wasn't only about tyson i actually was surprised to learn a lot about just you as well in it and you're growing up uh how you became a 
arm wrestler and just your life story that I feel like maybe not a lot of people knew. As well, a actually, maybe, ev- everyone knew years. except for the you young knew, people. He just didn't it's know the young people. No, he kind of knew. He just didn't like, know the I, details. I knew, obviously, seventeen-time champion and everything, right. but you getting it from your dad, being at the bar, and how you, you wanted it because of your connection with your dad, and that in your mind, I, I think is safe to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was the way to connect with your dad for the most part. No doubt. That's exactly. And it was, uh, it's amazing how they could get all that in that seven minute little time frame. But I thought they chose an interesting percept, you know, perspective on this situation. It flowed really good. I probably got a little too much camera time, but listen, hey, you, had you guys got to know in the, in the I, in YouTube comments. I can't stress to you guys what a bad dude I am. Okay. Like if you check out that platform, <laughs> we know and listen how legit, is hey, the, was the arm wrestling platform. I think it's also, too, they had a lot of archive footage of you. They did have some archive footage of you. And I made sure they got plenty of it. No, I, I was yesterday, before or right after watching the featured, headed to Baltimore to go see the O's game, and we're sitting at a bar, and they have Sports Center on. Unfortunately, that hour that we were there, it wasn't on. But I was talking with guys to my right, and as soon as I mentioned you, they're like, wait, you know Travis Bajant, the beast? I grew up watching him arm wrestling on ESPN. Yeah. That's crazy, and it just shows maybe our generation doesn't know as much, but you go one or two generations higher, your name is the oh, baddest dude in arm wrestling no matter what. Crazy. Arm. I mean, listen, I'm waiting for there to be some sort of a statue erected here in the Eastern Panhandle. Your next step should be WWE. What do you yeah. think? I've actually been in contact with the WWE probably 15 times over the past 20 years. I am not interested in getting slammed from the top rope, but I am entering the twilight of the the manager that could come out and just take a chair once a month or something. But uh Or like so, promoter. You yeah. Could be like the Paul Heyman. Whatever they need. I was thinking of what remember Bob Was there ever you versus Bobby Mark the Brain Heenan back in the day? To be? Say it again. You versus Mark Henry. Was there ever that or was that just a rumor that I'll tell you that? a good story about that. So Mark Henry was on Lake Travis at this awesome um barn grill and my arm wrestling buddy went up on him and said, Hey, listen, you know, in two weeks we're having an arm wrestling tournament here, Travis Bajan coming in. Um, you guys should do a little promo where, you know, you kind of shut him up for all the rest of the people after he beats, you know, the crowd. That's kind of like the easy skit to get the famous guy involved, mm-hmm. right? Is like you really he doesn't want to arm wrestle me and I don't blame him. But <laughs> if he can be the personality that that um that shuts me up when I kinda beat up all the rest of the crowd, he can be like the the Robin Hood here. That's usually the easiest way to get him. So my arm wrestling buddy and him over some margaritas decided that was a good idea. My my buddy immediately went and got the flyer all jacked up and ready to go. And then he heard from Mark Henry's people to take the flyer down <laughs> immediately and stop using my name, image, and likeness. So um, although it was a great idea over margaritas, it ended up not being such a good idea after that. All right. Well, let's talk a little yeah, bit about Wednesday. 
You got some new addition here. I do. Yeah, so first of all, Wednesday, once again, for the people who don't know, we are having the pull-in for the Rams and the pre-draft party at the Mountaineer Pub. WNR will be there for three, four hours. We'll be on there interviewing all the great guys that we know that Shepard is um, that has that is entering the NFL. Coach Cater will be there. Coach McCook. Um, Braxton Todd will be in the joint, though. Wink. Um, uh, that's yeah. you, not us. Hint. Yeah. That's We're sending the invites to all the Martinsburg greats. So, um, um, but the, the draft is there. We're having the fundraising party, and we know that some of the attractions, uh, we have some, um, some senior bowl cards. We have some posters. There's a lot of ways for you to um, – to kind of uh, support the Shepherd Rams. And just so you guys know, Shepherd football is so close, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're, we're five or six players away from winning that semifinal game or at least ensuring that we host that semifinal game. So I know it may appear that Shepard's in a good place, but listen, we are fighting tooth and nail to stay where we are, and all we need is a small steps forward. So your money will be sent into that TB2 scholarship fund, and it will be directly ready for Coach McCook to use it to get guys like Braxton Todd, if he might be interested in coming. Um, so if you can make it out to the Mountaineer, it'll be a couple. It'll be a special occasion. Joey will be there. Tyson will be there. It'll be a chance for you to help the Rams. And the Mac Daddy experience will be. We have ten of these footballs from Tyson's quest for that record for the NCAA passing title. This ball I have is number 149. Um, So we have this ball all the way up to 158. 159 will remain at the Bajan household forever. But those 10 footballs will be auctioned off. There will be one auction throughout the whole three-hour telecast and a silent auction at the Mountaineer. When we are done, 24 hours after the telecast, we will total up all the bids, and the top 10 bids will receive a ball in order. So obviously, the top bid will get 158, and then the bottom bid will get, get that the, football right. We'll get this football right here, number 149. All right. So just remember, these footballs, every one of these is or was an NCAA Division One or two record football, and that we'll have them all numbered and. Uh, You'll have something that when um, when Tyson becomes a, a NFL Hall of Fame member, you can you know take your cousin back there at Thanksgiving and be like, "Hey, right there, look at that that football right there. That's one fifty-five, right <laughs> there." Signed by Tyson. Signed by Tyson and numbered. Um, we'll have the picture there um, so that it will be authentic and you will get all that information. And um, it'll be a great way for you to uh, to just show your support for Shepherd football and actually have something that is um, at least one of ten and, you know, something rare. Yeah. Uh, final thing here. I don't want to rally you up a little bit, but uh, – Well, be careful. The morning that his feature was on SC, it was on SportsCenter. Their draft analyst released his seven-round full mock draft, and he's still sleeping on Tyson Bajan. You know what? I feel sorry for those analysts that they, I believe, 
first five picks, and then they cut and paste from then on as to whatever outlet they get. But I am completely confident that Tyson will be here, his name called this weekend, and um, we are excited about it. And if it doesn't happen, then I will be on here going crazy all next week. Um, every single day I'll be here at 1230. <laughs> all right. Well, pulling for the Rams fundraiser. Wednesday, 6 to 9, the Mountaineer Grill and Pub will be out there, and it will be live on TV 10 and on YouTube. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back after this two-minute break to wrap things up. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Your business can become an advertiser today on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, your home for local news, talk, and sports. With over 17 million views and counting, you won't want to miss out. From Eastern Panhandle Talk every morning to the sports mix at noon and local high school, Shepherd Rams, Mountaineers, Commanders, Steelers, Nationals, Wizards, or Capital Games each evening, Talk Radio WRNR has it all, all day long. So advertise with us, Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. Base hit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We were good, we were cold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343 to make an appointment. <laughs> Excuse me there. We're going to wrap things into the Sports Mix. A uh, couple things. Where do we want to start here, guys? We've got Let's about go four minutes. Yeah. Four minutes. The Nationals finally win a series this year. They get the uh, two-to-one series victory over the Twins. They fall, unfortunately, uh, yesterday in the 
final game of the series to the Twins, but they uh, the offense came alive on Saturday, scoring I believe what ten runs in the game. Let me double check here. Yeah, it was ten to four. They won three two Friday night, and yesterday was a quality start for Patrick Corbin for once in his twenty twenty three season. The champagne, so far. start the celebration. Where's uh, the parade? <laughs> Uh, he did, he gave up three runs in six innings, two in the fourth, one in the fifth. And the Nationals, they were only to muster up one run in the very beginning of the game. Thought that was kind of going to be a signal for the offense, but unfortunately it wasn't. But the Nationals uh, get the series win, and they now sit at 7-14 and 14 with a day off before they start a series with the uh, Mets that are scherzer list. And they shouldn't be scherzer list, though, because uh, we saw that thing on Sunday Night Baseball last night, guys. Yeah, for those that might not have seen it, you can find it easily on uh, social media. As they I believe it's on YouTube, on the ESPN YouTube. An experiment of um, the rosin with the sweat, which is what Scherzer said was the combination to allow for his uh, hand to be sticky, both legal substances when combined, and how he cleaned his hand afterwards they with told him to use alcohol. alcohol and he did it multiple times right in front of mlb officials during that game in which he was eventually ejected for and quote suspended. unquote illegal substances and the automatic 10 game suspension but it's an interesting piece and I, I was following through the thread on twitter which is where i first found it and the way rules are in baseball right everything is always bended and the rules which yes it's a legal substance, so a lot of people think that he shouldn't have been suspended the 10 games because it's rosin that's available for everybody. The sweat, that's your sweat. It can combine, make things sticky. The alcohol he was told to use, but when it becomes excessive, and if in the umpire's mind it was excessive, that led to the ejection, and if that was the case, it's still the rule that applies. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, obviously, you would think, you know, legal, like you said, I mean, legal substance, so you should be able to use it, but then there is still an extent of how much you can use it. So, um, Just like the pine tar, right, on baseball yeah. bats. You can use it, it's legal, but if it goes too high on the bat, illegal. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems to be pretty fair. I mean, but what is too much is what you mm-hmm. kind of get into then, and that's kind of the gray area where um how do you is what could be an opinion of one umpire to be too much may not be the same as another so there's no real way to measure it it's not like they're like i don't know getting a measuring cup out there and seeing how much sweats on the baseball i don't know how you do that and the interesting thing that i found after the scherzer ejection was the three pitchers that have been ejected because of this illegal substance quote-unquote, with the checks and everything now. Or from the same It's all been the same umpire Yeah, for all three. So his interpretation is clearly different than every other umpire because every other umpire hasn't ejected anybody yet. Yeah, I don't don't really get it, honestly. Like, either have it be a legal substance or not. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, you can't really prevent your sweat from happening. But I guess you can prevent how much sweat you put on the ball. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you for that, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you have to you require also, them like, to wear arms. Rub it on you or something. That's true. I don't, know what he was I, don't doing. Even, I don't even know how you can prevent what Scherzer did from happening. I don't know. I didn't see the whole clip of every single movement he took, so 
I, I don't understand you. it. But the thing was, he was putting the rosin on in a dugout. It's only Scherzer, Is there a difference though. between the dugout and the rosin on the back of the Why mound? Why is it always Scherzer? What do you mean? Didn't he have something last year when he got yelled at by an ump? Oh, and, no. That and, like, was took a, his whole clothes off? He took the belt off because it was like the first game. Because yeah. he was absolutely terrorizing the uh, the lineup for the Phillies. Maybe he Joe should get Girardi, Joe Girardi wanted That's to That's what do. it was, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix No Games tonight on radio or high school games for us. Uh, thanks to Travis Bajant for coming in. We'll have him on again Wednesday for the Pooling for the Rams fundraiser telethon. We'll have that on Wednesday night, 6 to 9. But for Nick, Colin, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Proud to support our local community and bring you the latest local news, local weather, and local sports. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Bowling Waters.